Season two of Have You Got Five Minutes is brought to you in partnership with Nextdoor, the neighbourhood app that's used by one in seven households in the UK. This past 18 months, we've all needed to connect a little closer with the communities around us and Nextdoor are working to create a kinder place for people to have a neighbourhood that they can rely on. Tap into your neighbourhood at nextdoor.co.uk or download the app from your app store. I'm Rebecca Roberts. Hi, I'm Harriet Small. Welcome to Have You Got Five Minutes, the PR, comms and marketing podcast answering the things you'd normally have asked about at an event or while making a brew in the office. Hi Harriet, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm alright thanks, back to school. So I've got a spring in my step because my beloved children have routine back so that's good. And we're starting off with obviously someone that we're going to try and get for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about we're asking the question, is Ryan Reynolds a PR king? Because I guess from his social content with his wife, Blake Lively, which is always quite funny and like, you know, they're probably like couple goals because they take the mick out of each other so much. But more so how he's handled this Wrexham Football Club takeover. It's really interesting, right? Well, you see, I can't really talk about Wrexham because I'm not a football person. But I do know what happened. He put Wrexham sign up, like the Hollywood sign, which is like really cool. But even when he bought Wrexham with the other guy, I was just like... Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting move. Yeah, so they took 100% of control from the Welsh club, from supporters, from the supporters trust after the bid was approved by fans. And he's invested, well, they've invested £2 million as part of the deal. What I find really interesting, and like they've been on Sky in the past week or so, you know, season start and that kind of stuff. If you look at the stuff they've talked about, in terms of how they talk about the club and the takeover, it's fascinating. So they talk about, you know, he talks about immersing himself in the legacy of the club, getting to know the local community and raising the profile of that of the town as well. Can he be that good and well prepped? Um, because, you know, as having worked in football, to buy it from the fans, you know, it is a sensitive one because they're actually doing an Access All Areas docuseries about the club over the next two years called Welcome to Wrexham. So that's a huge, you know, this reality show is going to be a huge part of it. But I feel like how he's talked publicly about it is so well considered. And that might just be really sharp PR prep. But I think, you know, even stuff this past couple of weeks, he said, I wouldn't dare call it soccer. I value my well-being too much. Like he's charm personified and he's so he's so in tune with how not to take the mic. Like obviously it's gonna be like an entertaining, interesting docu-series but he's done it with genuine intentions I think for the fans in that town like how could they not be like this is a gift like they're investing in it they kind of want to make it work and it's it's fascinating right yeah but it's not just with the football club you see because he did the thing with Eurovision because he's Canadian and he was like well you snubbed us and then he did a whole thing but then he also has the gin brand aviation and he does some really cool stuff with it so he did the spoof ad on the peloton when they did that stupid ad with the woman whose husband had bought the peloton and she was on it like crazy he did a spoof ad on that and then he did an ad with richard branson when they put aviation gin on on virgin airways and in the clubs and then he also did this thing with hugh jackman around truce and they both did each other's products as an ad so he even with like his own brand, he is really smart about how he advertises it and how he markets it in just a, such a funny way, which is memorable. And I think a lot of celebrities have drinks brands, but they don't market them in the same way. And you can almost forget that that brand belongs to X person. I think the only drinks brand that I think I can remember that belongs to a celebrity off the top of my head would probably be Ciroc and Puff Daddy, because also he was sort of the same way. But I think of other people who have drinks brands. So Kate Hudson has one. You, you don't really 
think about it the rock has a tequila brand you don't really think about it the same way yeah and then like Dwayne Wade has like a winery but because they don't market in the same way you never really remember that they have these brands you almost sort of forget yeah whoever's doing this PR well done or it might just be he's just really good as as like a PR king that's like another string to his bow but yeah I'm really interested to see how the Wrexham thing plays out I think it's a a good one and then you remember when he did the thing with our fave Taylor Swift song with um the devil from 2020 (laughs) yeah we need to link all this up (laughs) but match.com yeah the woman was like, I'm 2020. And the devil was like, yeah, let's get together. Let's hook up. Well, they, they, yeah, 2020 pretty much was. So Ryan, obviously you're listening. So come on the podcast and tell us how you do your PR. That'd be great. So for our five minutes this week, we're talking about social listening and ask the public. Harriet, we're doing a live Ask the Public as well, aren't we? Yeah, so there's a website called Answer the Public. It used to be known as Ask the Public, so they may be interchangeable. But it is a website where you can search what other people are searching for and how they're searching for terms. So we're going to do a live demonstration for you. The website is answerthepublic.com. What's your topic, Rebecca? I was thinking PR podcast because I find it really interesting. So how are you sites you can go on? There's like a free version. There's also paid for versions as well. But you can go in and talk. You can put like keywords in or something you're looking at. And it brings almost like a mind map of like related searches and everything to do with what you're thinking about. And it just gives you a sense of like how people search for stuff. So the answers it has given me back is best PR podcasts, best PR podcasts 2020, best podcasts for PR professionals, best podcasts for... Have you got five minutes on there? Just... No, we haven't come up. <laughs> I'm actually annoyed. Well, we're public. And then it breaks it down via alphabet. So it's got PR Podcast Australia, PR Podcast Agency. Yeah, so it breaks it down. So you get to know what your people are searching for. And it breaks it down as a mind my, my map. PR Week podcast is there. We're not there. PR Moment is there. We're not there. <laughs> it's so funny, but it's then you can do stuff. So say if you had like a they do that example of shorts don't they like so if you put something like shorts and it could be like how short are two short shorts and then like gym shorts and then just those different related topics so you kind of understand I guess the thought process and what I think is really interesting about this whole idea around finding out how people search for stuff is that google search is kind of like it gives you a real insight and there's a podcast i listened to a little while ago a reply all one uh, which is a podcast from gimlet which is just excellent and they basically the presenters share their google search history with someone over like a considerable amount of time and let me tell you it tells a lot about a person it's really funny it's quite telling about how the brain works and the abstract searches and questions and thoughts that are exposed in a history like that like good and bad how someone might be feeling so like there was some interesting stuff around like the pandemic and I guess up late at night quite anxious and searching for stuff and then other stuff like random products and kind of bizarre stuff and I think there's that's really rich like this data set is massive and I think you know while we're joking around about like the PR podcasting but if you've got a product or if you're interested in a certain area of sentiment or how people are feeling it's a really clever way because if you understand how people are searching and thinking about things even related to your area of work you can then think about your conversation you're having with them on social but also like the um, decision making process and how you might build your website around that and that kind of stuff. But it also lets you test out different things so if you're 
and you can use Google ads as well for this. You can get a Google ads and then do the search and we'll, we'll find a video that explains it all because you can use that as well if you don't want to use this platform. But what I like about it is if you're doing content marketing, you know the terms and the phrases to use. So for example, if I was going to search, if I'm searching, say for a holiday, I will search best places to go in X month. I won't necessarily go and search for beach destinations because that's too broad. Whereas I'm going in a specific month and I want to know where to go. Or if, say for example, I wanted to go on a spa day, I would search spas with train stations nearby because I don't drive so it's sort of like okay so where can I go for a spa and then easily get the train and then maybe get a taxi which is a short distance rather than going somewhere in the middle of nowhere and I have to hire a car and it's a whole thing it helps you get into the mind of your consumer because sometimes really difficult to mind read and it also helps with that thing of where you sometimes take yourself out of it because we can all search for things and think about things in our own way but then we forget that actually we're here to market to somebody else or to actually communicate to somebody else who may be living a completely different life from us 100 it goes back to thinking about the psyche of the your audience rather than yourself as a brand or an organization i think social listening can often feel you know, when you think about across all social media, it can feel quite enormous. Like, how do you facilitate that across everything? I think if you can kind of work out a good system of like reading the digital room, I guess, you can immerse yourself in the conversation, pick up on issues or opportunities before they become like big things. There's loads of tools out there that do this. Brandwatch is quite interesting. There's quite a few online platforms and most have built in kind of works you can kind of tag so you can kind of see conversations. I think sometimes it can be, it can feel like too out there to kind of do it on a daily and I think you know a lot of people will say well I don't have a budget I don't have a huge team but I think actually if you can kind of get in the process of like how you do this and like maybe it's as a team you go right we're going to look at this or try and learn from how social listening can inform what you're doing is I guess the approach I take because you can't do it like extensively every single day but you might go actually we know that if people start talking about this it might lead to we know there's a complaint or something rumbling on over there but yeah like what's your experience of social listening across social media platforms it's varied so you know there's the traditional you know you search on twitter what are people talking about what are the major issues that are coming up and it's really good especially if you're in a crisis you can see what people are struggling with you can pick things up and nip them in the bud really really quickly but what i've really liked about social listening is that it almost helps you figure out where you need to put your resources and where you need to put your energy so for example, I worked for an organisation once where it was more bridal thing. And it was really interesting because a lot of people were thinking, okay, it was just after the royal wedding and everyone was thinking, okay, brides want to follow sort of what Kate Middleton wore for her wedding and that kind of thing. Whereas actually what the data was showing and when you did social listening and you found out what people were interested in, it wasn't actually what she had worn. It was people were looking at more the small details okay so how did she do her hair it wasn't necessarily about the dress it was about her hair it was about the makeup it was about those other things that you necessarily don't think about so it was about the jewelry whereas I think if you make the assumption that it's all about the dress it's not whereas if you brought that context in today if I search for like weddings and what people are looking for people are having smaller weddings because of the pandemic people are trying to have destination weddings but even with destination weddings what are people caring about where are they going so for me that's where I would be thinking about in terms of social listening is is trying to find those details and if you've got a brand or a product it's almost figuring out 
what is the journey of this consumer because you want to lock them in for a while yeah I think social listening for me it's like you can do audience surveys and feedback and all the rest of it but for me social listening can be the biggest I guess it's like behaviour insight that you can get because what people sometimes say in a survey or a focus group is very different to how they behave and how they act online. And so I think if you can marry up like, okay, so we've done various different insight reports and we've talked to clients and, we've, and we kind of have this information and feedback, like often you'll get complaints are kind of amplified by a hundred, right? And you'll get someone in a senior position like really worried about like negative stuff. But actually, you know, like I was talking to Ditcher Label, the online bullying charity, and we were talking about like often the, the emphasis for a lot of comms around online safety is around grooming and about this concern but she's like in reality that is actually quite a small proportion of online harm it's much more peer-to-peer bullying microaggressions you know body shaming that kind of behavior and it's really interesting because she's like those are things people experience more of but I guess the profile of the other stuff is greater and I think you know, there's tools like, I'll work with them disclaimer, but cues.ai that kind of sit on your site and will ask little questions like prompts as you go along. So like, are you still interested in this? So they don't have your details. It's like, it's almost like a pre-conversation. I think that's the future of websites. Like you'll go on a site and it'll be like, it's not a chatbot, but it's kind of like little, little nudges to the right bit of content for you before you've even filled in a form and filled in a survey. And I think that's how social listening in much more smaller bite-sized ways is probably more effective than like an annual survey of our customers. Like that still has a place, but I just think it gives you a bit more real-time feedback. Yeah, and as much as I agree with surveys, I think sometimes people fill them out based on where they are at that time. So if you do an annual survey of your workforce, they are going to fill it out based on where they are in September 2021. They are not going to fill it out based on where they were in May, where they were in January, where they were last October. They're going to fill it out based on where they are today. And if someone today is not having a great day, they are stressed up to their eyeballs, they're going to fill it out based on that. You could have given them a promotion in May, but that's not really in their minds at that time. And I think that's something people just need to sort of bear in mind is whereas with the search history and these platforms of social listening, you can actually track where people are over a period of time and what they're looking for over a period of time, rather than just catching them at that one specific moment and then saying, right, this is this is what we're going with. Thanks for joining us and everything we've mentioned will be in the show notes. We're talking about the questions and issues that matter to you. So DM us on social or get in touch with Harriet at comsovercoffee.com or myself Rebecca at threadandfable.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate, review, subscribe so others can find us and have five minutes with us. Find us on Twitter at RebeccaRobert7 or at Harriet Smalzy. Season two of Have You Got Five Minutes is brought to you in partnership with Nextdoor, the neighbourhood app that's used by one in seven households in the UK. This past 18 months, we've all needed to connect a little closer with the communities around us and Nextdoor are working to create a kinder place for people to have a neighbourhood that they can rely on. Tap into your neighbourhood at nextdoor.co.uk or download the app from your app store.